0: Hey, everyone. This is Trip Bodenheimer, host of the Shadows podcast. We believe that everyone has a truly unique real life story to tell. We interview
1: a diverse cast of guests on their highs and lows, their tragedies and triumphs, and how they ultimately got to where they are today. We're a firm believer
0: that we can all relate and learn from one another's stories. Check out new episodes every Monday on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all podcast platforms.
1: Hello everyone. You are listening to Ignite, and I am your host and guardian of the torch, Caleb Pearson. Ignite is a podcast where we bring in the experts on all things life, leadership, and development to provide a unique experience to learn and grow all from the comfort of your own space and on your own time. When you listen to Ignite, you are joining individuals that are intentional, generous, noble, intelligent, tenacious, and all who strive for excellence. Today, I have the privilege of introducing our next torchbearer, the motivational humorist, Steve Gamlin. Good afternoon, Steve.
0: (laughs) Hey there, Caleb, thank you so much for having me here. Truly a pleasure.
1: Good, it's great to have you here. How is everything going for you today? Chugging along, been uh,
0: connecting here and there all around the world, being part of radio shows just like yours. And you know what, dressing nicely from the waist up for just over a year now is is
1: keeping me in pretty good places. You know, I think a lot of us can relate with that because I've also been teaching from home for about a year, year now, so waist up all business.
0: (laughs) Yep, exactly. But when people have asked, they go, you do wear pants, right? Yes, every time, because you just never know. (laughs) Exactly. And
1: it's it's funny you say that, too, because, you know, I was telling my some of my students, I was like, you know, make sure you wear your uniform, you know, we have to be, you know, professional and everything. And they one time they asked me, they were like, "Uh, Sergeant Pearson, can you stand up? I was like, I could. But I don't want to. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you like, never I'll stand know. up
0: and you do 20 push-ups while I stand up. Right, and, right. And,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. Or I'm just, you know, act like, you know, my camera accidentally falls down or something. Oh, I don't know what happened, but I am standing. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> you know, it's part of the reality now. And, and we just, at all times, just as if I was going to be on stage, it just uh, try to be professional, Wherever I go, because there's always someone watching. We have to remember that just because we're working from home, looking into a small webcam. It, it's still the world mm. seeing us, potentially judging us in the image that we put forth. So we need to remember at all times, we have to represent ourselves as best we can, whether I'm you know, here in the recording studio or on the street somewhere, mm-hmm. Just always trying to be my best and, and be the best example of who I really am.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, I think that's something that I, I bring with me from the way I was raised. You know, my mom always said, always give more than your best, even when it's something you're not interested in or something you don't have a deep passion for. If you're doing it and you're involved in it, give 110 percent, because why would you ever show anyone less than that? Yeah. You know, especially. Wise Right. Especially in, you know, a world in some instances, some cultures, some places where you're going to be judged regardless. So you might as well show them, show yourself to them in your best light. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. Well, listeners, I am super excited to have Steve on the show today. Uh, Steve and I got connected to through uh, Oleg. Uh, he was on the last episode of the Ignite. Make sure you guys go and take a listen of that. Um, Steve is an incredible individual. He is now in his 17th year as the motivational firewood guy. I love that, Steve. You'll have to tell us about uh, the firewood and motivational firewood as we go along. Steve shares his back to basics blend of positivity and humor with corporate and conference audience around the country. Drawing from a decade in the radio industry, seven years of stand up comedy, and a 30 plus year personal development journey, Steve teaches his clients to see their desired outcomes, understand their why, then build action plans to achieve them, utilizing his vision board mastery program as well as live and virtual events. That is quite the impressive uh, bio there, Steve. Thank you, Caleb. It's it's fun
0: to write it. It's fun to listen to it because it just reminds me of how far things have come in my life and how I've just created this career, just doing something I just love and care about so much,
1: and uh, and seeing how it impacts other people. So thank you. Yes, sir. Of course. And it's always a pleasure of mine to be able to connect with um, individuals who realize their passion and are living it, and that's what I'm striving to do every day. Nice. So love thank that. you, sir. Uh, In today's lesson, Steve will be taking us through the importance of knowing what your goals look like, feel like, sound like, and even smell like. Steve, are you ready to ignite these minds? Yes, I am. Oh great! It Didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It worked earlier. Look at that!
0: It worked when I practiced it.
1: Oh, that's okay. Well, that's all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We won't have. We'll we'll have to go with the figurative ignite then, and not the. You know, you watch as soon as we're off the air.
1: This is right. It'll it'll go ahead and. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. something on my desk over there be on fire, and I'll be like, "Oh,
1: now it works." (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're ready. So, Steve, the torch is yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh,
0: you know, as the motivational firewood guy, it's it comes down to a conversation I had with a fellow speaker when I was brand new. Um, 17 years ago, I went to my first national speakers of New England meeting, and I had to wear that blue badge of shame. You know, the, hi, I'm new. My name is Steve. And a, a veteran speaker said, oh, hey, Steve, welcome. Nice to have you here. What do you do? I said, I'm a motivational speaker with all the wide eyed wonder of being brand new at it. <laughs> And he said, well, what sets you apart? I said, I want to help people. And he goes, okay, well, you're not helping yourself with narrowing your niche right now. And he was so wonderful and gracious um, with his time and, and cared enough to keep asking me questions. And I finally just said, after sputtering out a few odd sentences, I said, look, if they're paying to come hear me speak, then they've got a spark of something inside them that they want something better. And they're putting their faith and trust in me to deliver something that can help them. So if I share a story or a lesson or an idea or a call to action, it's kind of like I'm giving them motivational firewood if they combine that with their spark and do something. And then the gentleman, his name is Don. He said, do you know anything about trademarks? I said, clueless. Absolutely clueless. No idea. He goes, look it up. I love that concept. He says, run with that young man. And I did. And I've been the motivational firewood guy ever since.
1: And how fitting is that for this podcast? Because we're talking about igniting our minds, our souls, our lives, and you're providing that kindling. Yeah. So uh, that is that's that's amazing. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. All right. So we're talking today about visualizing and knowing our goals. Tell us about. How do we know what our goals look like? How do we know what they feel like, sound like? And then, of course, we're going to have to talk about that smell-like part.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a critical one. The reason that I go about it in this way is is so many you know people at the beginning of the year, they'll do that New Year's resolution thing, and they say things like, I want to be happy, I want to be healthy, I want more money, and it's not really dialed in. And a lot of times we just kind of bust out that broad brush and say, this is going to be my year. Here are my three things. Mm -hmm. How much energy do we really devote to it? Say after the second or third week of January, you know, they're vague Mm -hmm. and when you don't have a specific target, it makes it hard to build an action plan to get there. So what I try to do with people is ask a lot of questions and and I make it back to the humorous part. I try to make it fun Mm -hmm. and and not like it's a drag or, or a pain to do. Say, okay, you want to be happier. Was there ever a time in your life you were happy? I'll say, well, yeah. You go, well, how happy are you now? Scale of one to 10, eh, five or a six. Were you ever at an eight? Yeah. Who were you around at the time? What type of things did you do? Um, how, how many times a day did you laugh? What made you laugh? What made you happy? Who were you with that made you happy? What were you doing on a regular basis? And we start to dial in and really, it's almost like taking this, this vague outline and coloring it in mm. and giving it some references of a time in their lives, maybe when they were happier, healthier, because it goes with health as well. You know, was there ever a time you weighed less than you do now? Well, yeah. Okay. Were you exercising? What were you eating? Were you going to the gym or exercising or doing yoga or were you meditating to, to calm yourself and put yourself on a nice, steady ground? Did you get enough sleep every night? So mm-hmm. I start to ask these questions and, and dial it in a bit and help people to see whether it was something they had in the past or to identify somebody out there in the world right now who is a role model for them or a hero for them or someone they would like to pattern themselves after. Mm-hmm. to get that visual and dial it in. And some people, you know they find the picture of and you're a bodybuilder. they find the picture of that bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And they go, this is what I want to look like. Okay, do you go to the gym? I have a membership? <laughs> I have a membership. Do you go to the gym? <laughs> you know, you're know, you talking about, it's, it's great that you've got this visual, but now we have to build in the action plan mm-hmm. to get there and then follow it consistently. Consistency plus momentum equals confidence in my book. And we just have to get those little first steps. So that's where I start with people is, is identify where you are right now and then start to really dial in where you want to go. It's kind of like a pirate with a treasure map. You know, they're not just walking around with a pick and a shovel saying, well, it might be over here. <laughs> no. They know where they are now and they know where the X is. And all they have to do is find the right guideposts along the way and follow the steps to get there. It's the same in our lives, in our personal lives and in our business. We just have to apply all of it, understand why we want it, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And then take the actions to get
1: there. So, you said to start off with kind of knowing where you are when you're, you, you've got your action plan, you, you've got these goals to build upon that goal, knowing where you are right now and then knowing how to get there. What would you say to people who, like myself, I have goals, I, I have an action plan, but I don't necessarily always account for some of the variables that maybe I didn't see coming or that I know are within myself, like some of the, the obstacles that I'll put in my own way, like procrastination or just fear of moving because of fear of not succeeding. So how, how would you help people understand how to overcome that or to even be prepared to face that as they move forward?
0: Understand those things are gonna happen no matter what. And some of them are internal. I mean, I've, I've been paralyzed by fear of failure and I've been equally paralyzed by a fear of success, like put something out there, create it. And all of a sudden there's a huge buzz about it. And I think, oh my gosh, this is going to get out of control. It's going to get so popular that I'm going to be so busy. And, and all of a sudden I talk that up in my head, like, oh, I don't know if I want to be that busy or that, you know, I, I never wanted to be famous, but you know, Mm well-known and I don't know if I want that many people wanting my time and this and that. And then my business coaches and mentors who I love dearly, they'll say, how many units did you sell last week? I'm like, well, I sold this many. Yeah. uh, That's not going to change your life much yet. So don't be afraid of this thing. (laughs) It's kind of like when I first got my zoom uh, license Mm -hmm. and I said, well, it's only good for up to hundred people. Oh my gosh. What happens if all of a sudden this blows up? And my mentor says, how many people did you have on last week's call? I said three. He goes, yeah, shut up and do your show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just talk me right off the ledge. Cause we can do that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we make it so overwhelming sometimes that we get intimidated by, by how big a goal is, or, or what if, what if we fail? What if we don't, what if we succeed even more wildly and there's all the stress and pressure on us, it's going to happen. We're going to procrastinate. Gosh, I've, I've done that so many times. And then the world, like right now, at the time of this broadcast, we're still dealing with, we're into our second year with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I described 2020 to somebody in a recent interview. I said, look, 2020, we're all trying to climb to the top of a mountain, whatever that mountain is or whatever success looks like for us. 2020 was a gigantic clump of trees that fell across the path. People who really are committed to their goals are going to find a way around. They're going to climb over. They're going to dig under. They're going to, if they got a chainsaw and know how to use it and still have all their fingers, they're going to use that Mm -hmm. or they'll do what I had to do. And all of my people in my tribe of my team had to do, we just started walking to the left and to the right until we got to either the the roots or the tops of those trees, walked around and kept climbing. Mm -hmm. We just found new ways people who aren't committed to their goals are just going to look and go, well, that's over. And they're going to walk back down the mountain, however high they've already climbed and sit on a rotten picnic table near the porta potties And Mm -hmm. that's going to be their existence because they weren't committed enough to go over, under, or around whatever fell in their path and whatever got in their way. Because it's going to be stuff in our way all the time. Mm -hmm. If it was easy to climb the mountain, everybody would do it. It's pretty simple. Um, You know, I've had obstacles, some self-made and some not over the years every single one that leaves a mark or a scar or a dent or a ding is a cool story for me to share because I didn't go back down to the picnic table and the porta potties. Cause I'm, cause I'm that committed and that commitment to everything I do in the team of people that I've surrounded myself with keeps me climbing no matter what, even on the days when I don't want to, mm. it just does mm. because I know why I do this. And it's a huge, deep, emotionally tied, connection. That'll never give up.
1: I like what you said. You know why you do do this. And you mentioned that you continue to do these things, even on the days when you don't want to. And I can relate uh, as a bodybuilder. There are so many days that I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get up and do my morning cardio. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat that. I'm tired of it. But I remind myself why I'm doing this. One, I'm super competitive. And I know that if I'm not, I know my competitors are. I know those who I'll have to face on the stage are. So they're not slacking. So I shouldn't slack. But even then, I have been able to embody my purpose in why I should continue to move forward. Can Do you have a an experience or, or a story or something that you can share where you felt like you really embodied your purpose, even when you didn't feel like you wanted to keep going and how important yeah. that was for you to reach your goal.
0: Yeah. Um, my why goes back to my early twenties. Um, I was sitting around a couple of years after college, not really doing much. And a friend of mine kept asking me, why didn't you ever follow your dream of being on the radio? And I finally did it. I ran out of excuses and went and did it. I enjoyed 10 amazing years on the radio. But at the very beginning of it, that friend, you know, kind of kicked me in the butt, nudged me a bit. I borrowed money from my grandfather, went to broadcast school down near Boston. And I got my first internship in the late summer of 92. And I went and told my friend about it. He was so happy and so proud. And three weeks later, that friend passed away. Mm. He'd had cancer. And he was in remission and all of a sudden it just came back and he was gone. Well, I did my 10 years worth of radio and I was just burnt out, fried, and just bailed. Mm -hmm. But one of the last things I remember was sitting on a stage at the front of the stage, watching a fireworks show at the end of the concert in front of 15,000 people and looking up and thinking of my friend saying, can you believe this 10 years how amazing it was and all just the greatness of it. And I just, I remember I had tears coming out of my face and I just looked up, and I said, man, thank you. Cause you, I did this. And when I be, decided to become a speaker uh, a couple of years after that, that was my why is mm-hmm. I wanted to be that person for others to believe in themselves more, to, to use all their gifts, mm-hmm. to determine what their passions are in the world. Mm -hmm. And it took another dear friend asking me when I became a speaker, why do you want to be a speaker? Because I want to help people. He asked me 17 times until that story of my friend came out. And again, I got all emotional. I hadn't thought about it in a while Mm -hmm. and he saw how emotional I got. And he says, good. I'm not going to ask you anymore. Don't ever forget that. Mm -hmm. So even now, if I'm not feeling it before an event or getting on camera or getting on a stage in front of hundreds of people, I said, look. I need to be like Danny today. My old friend, Danny. Mm -hmm. I said, these people, especially the ones sitting in the shadows, way in the back or way to the side, who won't make eye contact, who might've come in late because they don't want any attention, who won't talk to me, who won't even take a note. Those are the people I have to work the hardest to reach because that used to be me years ago when I didn't believe in myself. So that's my why, whether I'm on a great radio show like this or up in front of hundreds of people, or just talking to one homeless person at a red light when I don't have any money, but I roll down my window and say, Hey, look, I'm so sorry I don't have anything to give you today. But I tell you what, I hope sincerely that your life turns around for you very soon. And I hope you're in a better place. Mm-hmm. I can just leave a situation better than I found it and be respectful and also to bring out a positive emotion because I never know how anybody's doing that day. Mm-hmm. So, I've got to be on my game at all times and just do my best, no matter where I am or how many people might be there.
1: All right. Thank you, Steve. Um, and we talked a lot about that yesterday when we were just connecting and we were talking about our whys and uh, finally getting to the top of that hill and looking around and saying, Who did I bring up with me? Yeah. Uh, and then maybe even on the way up taking a step back or not even a step back but maybe sitting down for a second and saying hey i'm here i've been where you're going watch your step here watch your step there uh i got you so that's incredible steve that's incredible i'm sure a lot of of the listeners out there can relate to what steve had just said um in his story and finding his why steve i was wondering one thing that I face is, you know, I, I have a fear of messing up and I know what's going to happen. So, as you're on your path to reaching your goal, you're in the throes of success or maybe even realizing it's not going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with some of those things that you know you kind of messed up on, but uh, you you know you need to get past? But how do you deal with those things? Uh,
0: it's it's funny because every time you know people talk about messing up, I'm like, wow. It, you know, one of my mantras is that which doesn't kill me gives me a great story to share on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so you I use have it. <laughs> screwed up. Oh my gosh. Anything that happens to me in my life. Mm -hmm. you know for better or for worse Uh, silliness foolish you know mistakes where i i just blew it and and something just blew up in my face i used to bash myself over those things i mean i used to be if self-deprecation was an olympic sport i would have more medals and trophies than tom brady at this Mm -hmm. point because i used to be really bad about it even when i was retelling the the moments that changed my life i used to do it in a very self-deprecating way Mm -hmm. and in it was really not that long ago where I was still kind of doing that where I would say, yeah, well, I had to be that stupid to create something good. A radio host about three weeks ago said, I've got a question for you and I hope it's okay to ask. But I was looking back at this one part of my life that was like the critical moment that actually led to me becoming a speaker and a stand-up comedian and an author mm-hmm. that if you were to look at that person today, you know, basically I was hitting golf balls in a thunderstorm, barefoot in the wet grass under power lines and dared the lightning to hit me. Mm. Everyone else ran from the storm except me. And I used to tell (laughs) that story and say, look how stupid I was doing that. And the host said, if you were observing you now, observing that person, that version of you, then how would you feel about it? He said, if you were in the parking lot, what would you do? I said, oh my gosh, I haven't. I never thought about it that way. I've just always been, you know, beating myself up going, look at that idiot. I said, I'd actually leave the parking lot, come over and park right near the T box where I was that day under the power lines. And I would sit there and I would admire the heck out of that person for having the guts and the fearlessness and a little touch of crazy <laughs> to be out in a thunderstorm under power lines barefoot in the wet crash just whacking the crap out of a bucket of golf balls and then when i was done that first bucket just getting out frustration two guys near me had run from the storm and mm. left their buckets and i look around they're gone i'm hitting their buckets and i just said i would have sat there and watched that version of me hit every single ball and then when he was done I'd go in the shack and buy him another bucket if he wanted to hit some more. And I would just be in awe of his fearlessness Mm -hmm. and and craziness. I said, I would clap for him. And at the end, I would just say, man, that was cool to watch. And I, I got real emotional when I was talking about that in that moment. Mm -hmm. and uh, he he asked me afterwards, do you want me to edit that out? I'm like, oh, heck no. That was amazing. (laughs) So go back and embrace what you look at as your biggest mistakes in life and stop Mm -hmm. beating yourself up over it. Mm -hmm. Just just take the lesson. I mean, I look back at all my early stuff now and I don't go, oh, that was terrible. I just, now I've adopted this mantra. I go, oh my gosh, that's adorable. Look at that. Look at my first steps. Mm -hmm. Look at my first shows, my first videos, my first speaking events which were just abysmal but i had to do those to build the confidence and then i had to get consistent and build momentum and then confidence comes from that so Mm -hmm. so be nice to yourself find something you like about yourself or at least respect or appreciate in your mirror every day Mm -hmm. even if you just look down and go well at least your socks match start there (laughs) <laughs> and just be nicer to yourself along the way and I'm, I'm thrilled that that host asked me the question and allowed me encouraged me to reframe that mm-hmm. and it, i mean it hit me emotionally i was told my wife after the interview and i, I got all emotional again And she just said wow she goes i've heard you tell that story so many times i didn't think it would impact you i said that new ending does and it's uh it's been pretty amazing retelling it now that part of it Mm. in there so yeah Mm.
1: that's powerful you bring up a good point too and the lessons that we learn in life uh may not necessarily be impactful in that moment the experience in that moment but as you said that new ending you added that new ending now you've gone back you've relived that experience right we talked about reliving the experiences yesterday and now, I mean, it's even more profoundly impactful to you. It's drawn up emotion and passion. Mm-hmm. And um, that that that's really incredible. That's really powerful what you just said there. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, you also talk about kind of allowing yourself to make these mess ups. And I say mess ups because I've taken this new philosophy on that. I don't make mistakes. I have life experiences. I live life. So, you know, we can call them mistakes or whatever, but I don't put it in the category of a mistake. I put it in the category of an experience of life, whether it's negative or positive. It's something to learn from. And I can move on from that and learn from it. And then again, recall it. And it may have a different impact on me later on in my life as I continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've I've had so many. And, and there are people out there that say, you know, turn your mess into your message, which is, you know, it's it's a cool way to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then other people say, oh no, no, there are no mistakes. There were only learning experiences. And I go, well, you know what? I made some mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat some of these. They cost me a fortune, mm-hmm. or they cost me potential speaking events, or they cost me relationships, mm-hmm. or We all make mistakes. Don't just sugarcoat them. That's why I tell people, I say, "Look, I'm not a guru riding a unicorn, farting rainbows. (laughs) I'm I'm a real human being who's just not afraid to parade his life across a stage because it can help someone. Mm -hmm. And I just try to be real and genuine and authentic. And am I a screw up? Not at all. I'm, you know, I've, I've over the past 17 years, I've built up such a way to take everything that's happened in my life and weave a lesson into it." So Mm -hmm. do I make mistakes? Sure. I do, but I learn from them and I don't repeat those again. Mm -hmm. And then I share it so that other people will go out there. And even if not fearlessly, not totally fearfully Mm -hmm. and take their shot and do it and take my little caveats and lessons. Okay. Steve said, when he did this, this happened, I shouldn't do that (laughs) and and go from there. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. we're, we're all out there being, cautionary tales or, or survivors of our own decisions. Mm-hmm. Anybody like myself, like yourself who are radio hosts or guests or speakers or presenters, I mean, heck, you're a bodybuilder. I mean, you've had to, you, you've undoubtedly made decisions that might've cost you at a, at a bodybuilding meet or a match or something. Mm-hmm. So you don't do those again. And then when you're talking to somebody brand new at the very first event, you can say, Oh yeah, I remember my first one. I did this. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, right. we, we all have these rich experiences and who are we to not share those mm-hmm. with other people and show how far we've come mm-hmm. since then. I mean, gosh, so many people are just afraid of what the world's going to think. You know what the world does now, when I tell these stories, it pays me. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> but the best part is the messages I get and hear back from people. Mm. You know, I, I had a guy run into me in the captain crunch aisle at a grocery store about six years ago. And he walked past me and he goes, Hey man, you're that speaker. And I turned around. We're the only two in the aisle. I said, yes, sir. I'm a speaker. Where did you hear me? And he said, the town. And I said, okay, I remember that. It was a group of 85 people, unemployment networking group. I said, what do you remember? And he said, the monster truck couple. It was a story that I tell about wherever you are, find the people with the best energy to connect with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I, and I said, all right, what are you, what else about it? He told me about the picture that was on the screen at the time, the slide. He retold the story and he told me the lesson of it. Mm-hmm. Right there in the in the cereal aisle. I always call it the Captain Crunch aisle. Because <laughs> that was my favorite when I was a kid. And I said, all right, it was the most important part. What did you do with it? He said, oh gosh, I had a job interview." a week after you spoke. And I went in there, I found my monster truck person out of the three person panel. Mm -hmm. And I, I gave attention to everybody. But whenever I talked with that person, boy, I connected. I didn't look at the ceiling. I didn't look at my resume. I didn't look at my shoes. We connected. I said, and he goes, oh, I got the job. And he held his hand out. He says, thank you so much that's amazing it's it's moments like that i did that event for free by the way i did 43 similar events for free Mm -hmm. for the state of mass state of new hampshire so it wasn't about a paycheck it was about somebody taking action doing something with it and then i was so blessed that our paths crossed Mm -hmm. and i got to hear what someone did with it that's that's the biggest reward seriously Mm -hmm. that is the biggest reward of all of this and i pay my bills with the with you know the financial stuff the speaker fees but stuff like that just sharing a story of something that happened in my life that it impacted somebody
1: else so that he went into his next interview different and he got the job that's my uh, incredible story incredible story what would you say to those who are they're taking all the right steps they're making all the right moves let's say you know they read they read a steve gamlin book or you know a success story book, and they've taken all the steps. They they're they're headed in the right way. They've you know overcome obstacles, adversities. They've dealt with their mistakes, um, but they're still waiting on that return. Mm-hmm. How how would you say they stay energized to keep pushing towards that if they're still? waiting on that return they're still doing all the right things it's been some time and they're like man am i do i need to redirect um do i need to relook at this what would you tell a person like that who's still waiting for that that return have patience because uh, you know I,
0: i described my my first five years of speaking like holding a slingshot you know you've got your you've got the direction you have that forward hand of the direction where you want to go. And you're just pulling back and you're Mm -hmm. pulling back and you're pulling back and you're pulling back. And the farther you pull back, the farther, whatever you are doing is going to launch, the farther Mm -hmm. it's going to fly. You keep pulling back, pulling back. Eventually this hand starts to shake. Mm -hmm. And, And that's kind of that point just before it lets go. When it flies, you never know when that one thing you say, or that you do, or the connection you make, or the person, or the audience, or the thing you share on social media. You never know when that tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, I believe wrote the book called The Tipping Point. Mm-hmm. We never know when that's going to happen. But what we have to do in the meantime is to keep putting ourselves out there. Now, if you're putting yourself out there at what you think is your maximum capacity, maybe you're trying to attract the wrong audience. Maybe mm-hmm. you just need to dial in your sights a little bit more. And if you feel that's the case, I highly recommend you work with a mentor or hire a coach or somebody who's already successful in what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. or at least go out there and find your heroes Mm -hmm. who are doing what you wish to do, follow them on social media, watch their videos, listen to their podcasts, read their articles or their books. Um, If, if when things come back, if you have the opportunity to go hear them speak at a conference, do that, go to their website, get on their mailing lists and just start to absorb. Because these people who are already where you are, if you observe what they say, What they do, how they act, how they explain things, and how they go about in their daily activities, the way they do it, there are clues up and down the highway Mm -hmm. for us out there. See, we're never really doing this 100% by ourselves. And I am not a big fan of people say, I am 100% self-made. No, you're not. You had your influences. You had people who guided you. Whether or not you want to admit that, there are people outside of you who have been examples, whether good or bad but we've all been nudged along the way. And if you say you're a self-made millionaire, no, you're not, unless you bought all million dollars worth of your books, <sighs> you hired other people to pay you money for what you offer and mm-hmm. they made you a millionaire. You know, You created the way, the tool, the book, the whatever, but see, those people were part of the equation too. And I think mm-hmm. the sooner we get over that, I wanna be self-made thing, the better. Cause man, it's, and you said this earlier, when you get to the top of the mountain and you just look around and see who came up with you. Oh, when you all get to enjoy a sunrise or a sunset or just this gorgeous view of a valley, you know, here in New England, we've got the foliage in the fall and that's Mm -hmm. when I like to go hiking is the fall. You get up there and you're staring at the most gorgeous oil painting, the vivid, vivid everything. I would never want to be standing there by myself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I would never want to say, you know, I climbed this mountain. I want to say, we climbed this mountain so I can call that person six months later when it's winter and go, remember when we climbed that mountain? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be there today. But remember how gorgeous it was when we did? And you just, you have that shared energy and it is electric. Mm. When you do everything you do with the right people, it's amazing. It'll blow your mind
1: big time. Wow. Wow. Who would you say have been your biggest influencers on your journey towards reaching your goals? Jack Canfield, as far as famous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Canfield, who is co-creator of the Chicken
0: Soup for the Soul series, also wrote The Success Principles, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. Great book. Um, Jack has been, and I observed him for years and I listened to him and I read his stuff for years. He's had such an impact on the type of speaker I am You know, I'm not up on stage yelling things that rhyme, jumping up and down with lasers and fog machines. When Jack goes up, he's having a conversation. When I'm in my car listening to him, he's riding shotgun talking with me. And I love that. And I had the opportunity about seven years ago to meet him and thank him for that. And we had an incredible conversation. And he was so gracious with his time. So for famous people, Jack Canfield, for not so famous people with still the same impact, one of my grandfathers, mm-hmm. whose biggest life lesson, he never said the words, but he lived it, leave at least one situation a day better than he found it. Mm-hmm. And if he drove past Caleb's house and a picket was broken on the fence, he was a carpenter his whole life, he'd go home, get his little stubby pencil, put it on his ear, get his tape measure, go to your house, measure it, go home and make a picket, come back and put it on your fence so it'd be safe and clean and, and look good, and you would never know that Al Dion had been there.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. So
0: that's the type of guy he was and he just watching him gosh, he's been gone about 11 years so I got to be around him for a little over 40 years wow. and just watching that and I I think of him every day if I'm able to commit an act of kindness or leave a situation better I just look up and I go hey Pep
1: thank you that's ins- that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. We'll have to definitely unpack that in future episodes or even have you over on the shadows where you can tell your story a yeah. little bit more. But wow, that's that's I wrote that down. Leave at least one situation a day better than the way you found it. Yep. That's incredible, Steve. Um <clears throat> so we're in a place where we're seeing our goals come to fruition. we're we're seeing things materialize and we take a step back and we take a look at it and we remembering those who have helped influence and mentor us up to this point. What happens when we don't recognize the reflection of what we see, of what maybe I was so wrapped up in trying to do, let's say, what Steve did to get to his where he is, and I don't see Caleb in my work. I'm seeing Steve. What would you say about that?
0: Yeah, it is so important to not be a clone of anybody else out there, and and that that is a really important thing to remember. Who am I in this? Like, what skills can I bring to it? Because when I first wanted to be a speaker, people going, "Oh, you're gonna be like Tony Robbins." No. And and I love Tony's early stuff. I don't particularly care for the direction that he's in now and where he's at. I can't fault it. The guy's a mega millionaire, Mm -hmm. but it's just not right for me. Mm. You know, I, I need to bring, it's kind of like, if you remember Mad Libs, you know, the party game, Mm -hmm. you feel a noun, adjective, this and that. Yeah. I, I used to make fun of it and say, you know, so many people out there are just doing motivational Mad Libs. They've got someone else's story and they're just yelling those words. Well, we need to remember. That In in the case of the motivational world, personal development that I'm in, I need to be me the whole way because I can't just be and do what somebody else is doing or the way they do it. That's theirs. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of clones out there of of every profession in the world. You got to bring that spark of what makes you different, what makes you magnetic, Mm -hmm. what people like about you. You know, I would never even think to to jump around on a stage with thundering music and fog machines and lasers yelling things that rhyme. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. I'll share a stage with Tony. I'll follow Tony. I don't care. But I'm going to come out there and I'm going to be me. And that's, you know, early on in speaking, I probably did some generic, bland, vanilla stuff like everybody else. But I very quickly learned that what people responded to was what I brought to it. It's not the words it's the energy it's the person on the stage or the person in the chair or the person behind the camera or the microphone it's what they bring to it so we need to remember it's you know i do things my way in this you do things your way in bodybuilding you know there's not one there there aren't 10 rules you absolutely have to follow that every bodybuilder does right because then you would all just be the same right you know people develop a certain way or habit or a certain pose mm-hmm. that's theirs or a signature phrase, or the stories, like the stories that I share. They're all mine. Mm-hmm. Somebody wants to ask, Steve, how do you come up with those stories? Where'd you find those? I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not been paying attention to my life
1: over the past right, years? I lived them.
0: <laughs> I've, I've got a picture of me with the chalkboard behind me um, where it says, this guy lived it. And there's an arrow pointing and I'm just sitting in the chair next to it going. <laughs> when people ask me or challenge me, sometimes, well, what qualifies you to do, to talk about what you talk about? Man, I lived it Mm. and I survived it. And it's uniquely me. And the greatest compliment I ever got, uh, a gentleman named Brian K. Wright. Um, Brian is, uh, he's an author, he's a ghostwriter. He's the host of Success Profiles Radio. He is the editor of Success Profiles Magazine. And Brian paid me the ultimate compliment um, I've been in there this week I'm gonna be submitting article number forty-one in a row. Brian and I are the only two people on the planet who've been in every single issue wow. of this magazine. And I don't dare stop because consistency plus momentum equals confidence. So every month I just tease him. I go, I suppose you want another article. He goes, Yeah, I guess. And then we start <laughs> laughing. After about the eighteenth issue. I I just took a different approach to writing that month. I said, I'm gonna write like I speak. And I just, instead of trying to craft it and make it all pretty and fancy and profound, I just set it out and wrote it as fast as I could say it. He called me up and he says, I don't know what you did differently this month, but I read this thing and I heard you saying all the words to me. I, I could hear your voice in my head. He said, please do that from now on. And I thought all of a sudden it was that unique you know, where people just know it's you and Mm -hmm. and people are going to, from the back of an arena are going to look up and go, Oh yeah, that's Caleb on stage. I, they tell by the way you carry yourself Mm -hmm. or the way you speak or explain yourself or the confidence that you walk into a room with or the way people feel when you walk away from them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, anytime I'm around Caleb, man, I just feel like I could take on the world. You know, people that might be new at the gym where you work out. They're there for their first workout and they're looking at you. Who's now the professional. But if you take the time to speak with them or show them or, or something, or educate them on a machine or a piece of equipment or an exercise to get the maximum thing, not reading it out of a book to them, but mm-hmm. explaining what you've learned and then they can take it and make their own version of it. But right. it's, it's being uniquely us at all times uh, in all situations that's going to make you memorable and create impact
1: like that uniquely us. And I love that consistency plus momentum equals confidence. And for my uh, listeners at home, uh, what's behind Steve is a chalkboard that says vision board mastery. And that's what he was talking about when somebody asked him what qualifies him to that, to, to, to be able to claim that title. Um, and he's he's saying his life experiences. Uh, Steve, another thing that I face, I think, when maybe I've finally come to goal completion or even success as, as a bodybuilder or, you know, as um, as an instructor or whatever it is that I do in my life is bec- is one thing you you kind of become known for that. Um, and you you started to touch on it. And that's awesome because you've reached a level. Uh, how, but one thing that I struggle with is sustainment. And then people are expecting that now, that level. I'm not currently at the level that I was in 2018 as a bodybuilder, but people know me as a professional bodybuilder. They know I know my physical fitness, and I know how to get there. However, I struggle a lot with myself because I know I'm not physically there right now. So what would you say to those who have reached a level of success, have gotten to their goal, and maybe have increased their level, but what would you st- say to them about sustainment and how to stop battling themselves when you, they feel that everyone is already expecting that? Cause the pressure is high.
0: Well, the pressure is very high. And and one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is, do I really still want to maintain that
1: mm.
0: or am I doing it because the rest of the world remembers that version of me? It's kind of like the guys who talk about when they're 40 years old and they get the dad bod about the great shape they were in in high school. And they expect everybody to remember them as being back then, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be that way anymore. It's okay. I did stand up comedy for seven years, and people, and then I decided to walk away from it because I wanted to focus on the speaking. And some people, say, Steve, you should come out and do a set at the comedy club. No, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that person. I took all the clean material and I brought it into my speaking. So I think the the most important question is to ask ourselves: Do I want to be at that same level again, or? is the rest of the world telling me they want me at that level again, because I'm happy mm-hmm. just being me who I am right now. You know, it's almost like we're in uh, what do they call it? Like maintenance mode. Like you're not, you're not trying to be super everything, but you're maintaining a nice, healthy, steady body, mind, spirit lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't have to always be at the peak of a mountain if we don't want to be it's okay. But you know, the most important thing is to ask yourself, do I really want that anymore? Because there are people that still say, "Steve, hey, you know, you should get back into radio." No,
1: <laughs> I don't want to.
0: The radio industry spit me out twice. Mm-hmm. When uh, a radio station we get sold, and they'd go, "Hey, you know, there's a is great news, big company coming in to buy us, and they're going to put all kinds of money into it." And a month later, we all got fired. So I don't want to do. I don't want to relive that version of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to relive the stand-up comedy version of me. I don't want to relive. The DJ business, which I had for 27 years, and this is the last year, I'm retiring it at the end of this year, because I don't want to be that person anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But every single thing I did do, all those peaks led to who I am now. Mm -hmm. So I don't say I regret any of them. I just say, look, I don't want to be that person anymore, but I want to take everything I got from it to make the the next best, you know, one of my mentors, Lonnie Robinson always says, all right, what is the next best version of you? Mm. And he says, just take everything you're doing now, even if you don't wanna wear that hat anymore, take all the gifts from it in in the bricks and build your next wall, foundation, masterpiece, Mm. whatever it is, but just, you know, kind of remember where it's coming from. Is it inside you saying, you wish you were like that again? Or other people saying, why aren't you like that anymore? And I think I like if, we're, if we're honest about it, I think we'll,
1: we'll get a clearer answer. Yes, sir. I like that. Honest with yourself and with who you are in the time, in the moment. Who do you want to become in the moment? I think it, you highlighted something really big and important there is to uh, kind of bring it back to your purpose, understanding why are you doing it? Why are you continuing to sustain, sustain it? Um, and if you don't want to, it's okay. Uh, understand who you are now and not who you used to be. Um, and then are asking yourself, how or are, are you doing it for yourself or for whether what others expect of you? Yeah. Um, that that's powerful. And I'm definitely using that in my life as I continue to write new chapters in the book of Caleb and, uh, And I'm not the Caleb that I was in 2018. I'm not the Caleb that I was yesterday when we met. (laughs) Or since this podcast has begun. Um, I'm wiser thanks to the incredible talents of Steve, Steve Gamlin. I'm wiser now and I'm also a little bit more aware of myself.
0: Nice. I love hearing that, you know, it's, it's uh, again, and it goes both ways because you've asked me questions and things in a different way that have actually made me think about things. You know, I don't sit here with a script and say, well, Caleb, the formative moment of my life was, you know, (laughs) we're, we're in this together. I mean, we're, we're, we're live, you know, at the time Mm -hmm. we're, we're being recorded here, Mm -hmm. but see, we're, we're feeding off each other's energy and we're, we're playing what I call playing volleyball. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you hit the ball over the net and I go, all right, how can I return this? And I hit it back. And then you hit it back to me and the volley goes on for so long. And at the end of the show, one of us spikes it, mm-hmm. but here's the cool part. We both win. Yes. And, and all the people gathered around watching it. And if you ever really watched a good game of volleyball, when there's a volley going and everyone's just cheering because people, they dig it out and they spike it and there's a recovery and they keep it in bounds. And, and at the end, somebody wins the point but the whole audience gets to be part of an incredible experience Mm. that's what i like to say whenever i'm on a show on a coaching call group coaching or one-on-one with my clients is we're playing volleyball and we're giving everybody something really cool to be a part of and and this this has been just an amazing conversation
1: yes sir it definitely has and that energy that buildup of energy i am very in tune with uh, the energy that I put out there, and the energy that I can get from others, and even even through a virtual meeting, there's still that energy between the two of us and how things have built up. And it's, it's incredible. And I hope listeners, uh, you all at home are feeling that energy as well um, as we've continued this, this discussion and this conversation. And I would love to say, um, Steve, it's been a true honor and a true privilege to uh, have been able to connect with you and to share with my listeners your experiences and your lessons uh, on this podcast it's definitely been an honor and for me as well and you know someday somebody's going to be
0: walking down a cereal aisle now you're probably not going to find caleb (laughs) in the captain crunch aisle like you'd find me but someone's going to cross your path and go wait a second you're caleb man, I listened to your radio show when you talked to that guy, Steve, and boy, you said something and, and you guys kicked it around. And let me just tell you, here's how it impacted my life. Those moments are coming. Mm-hmm. They, they are and embrace them and, and always say thank you and shake hands, hug people. I, I love hugging people Yes, sir. Uh, and just understand that we never know uh, by being the best we can, no matter where we are, Mm-hmm. how it can impact somebody and then you know because i used to be in the shadows man i used to pray for moments like that in little wisdoms and i've gotten a thank you know i got to thank jack canfield he's a billionaire he doesn't owe me a thing but he was so gracious and he shook my hand back and he said uh oh yeah you mentioned a vision board program he goes will you send me a copy and he gave me his business card and i went yeah <laughs> Sure. (laughs) But see, it's, it's moments. And and if you can wake up every day and be grateful for your favorite moment from the previous day and write it down and start keeping track of those, oh, it's the greatest gift you can give to your future self. So I hope people will keep listening to your shows and and all the great wisdom that you share uh, every episode.
1: Yes, sir. And I I thank you. I'm going to continue to grow and to build and then to improve upon myself so that I can help others improve uh, their own lives. And this podcast is just the beginning and the the start of, of a lot of what I want to become my legacy. Nice. So thank you, Steve. And Thank you everyone who has listened in on today's episode of the Ignite Podcast. Please give us a listen, rate us, view us, all that kind of good stuff. You can find us on Instagram at, at the underscore ignite podcast. Where you can also find us on Facebook currently under the Shadows podcast. Soon I will be given the information for our own personal ignite podcast facebook page as well as the youtube channel that's coming out soon but before we close out why don't you tell us steve a little bit about what you're doing where can we find you and what's next for steve Gamlin? biggest
0: thing right now is working with because we're virtual working with company teams on their goals Uh, individually and professionally, because they're so tied together. So I've got the Vision Board Mastery Program and a brand new 30-minute free masterclass webinar at MotivationalFirewood.com. That's the site where people can find everything, the books, the Vision Board Mastery Program. We even have a weekly group coaching program. So it's all at MotivationalFirewood.com. Hi, this is Steve Gamlin, the Motivational Firewood Guy, and you've been listening to the Ignite Podcast. And now, I pass the torch.